0: Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCoursey and Matt Watson.
1: And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCoursey here with Andrew Dowis, who will be sitting in for Matt Watson today. Hi, Andrew. Hey, how's it going? Just uh, trying to hit a home run in life, baby. I love that baseball reference. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Well, I think we should probably just dive right in as to why I'm making a baseball reference. So, Andrew, you are the CEO of Pro Athlete. Yeah. Is this true? Yes, this is true. So, and then some people are like, what's Pro Athlete? Well, Pro Athlete, you guys do a lot of stuff. Uh, you're justbats.com. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. our most popular brand. So, yeah. To say most popular is, I mean, this is like a multi-million dollar e-commerce operation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've been, you know, in business for over 30 years and I've uh, been online, you know, 20, 20 of those years and just been selling baseball bats and gloves.
1: That makes you guys literally, well, e- e- com- e-commerce dinosaurs Yeah, for and sure. also gurus and wizards and like to preface a couple things like not only are you guys great at the stuff that goes on online you're great at the workplace culture that occurs offline
0: yeah absolutely we're yeah. we're known you know at least around kansas city for all the workplace perks and stuff that we offer our employees we've got got a number of different things so
1: yeah that's an understatement so i've been there it's like i don't know man it's like a, a workplace amusement park in some ways like we can get into some of that i'll post some pictures on 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 the gram at start a puzzle podcast because uh myself and our coo went out there you guys have a lot of cool stuff and that's important we're going to talk about that a little bit but we're going to really talk about e-commerce to start with because you know like you said 30 years ago um, this thing called the internet. <laughs> That like really, that was 99, right? Yeah. So yes, thing called the internet. Like I had seen the internet, like maybe five years before, five or six years before that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's the foresight of um, our current owner, Scott Hedrick. Um, His parents started the the business as a brick and mortar store in 1987. And then kind of 97, 99, he had that vision of taking the sporting goods store into the, you know, the houses of kids and parents all over the country instead of just in Kansas City. And that was a pretty dang good decision, I would say.
1: So we'll look back at this. So in '99, um, I was 14. Rocking, yep. rocking, rockin', getting ready for like a freshman in high school, dude. Yep. Just getting ready. Just the world was in front of me. But uh, like I or actually, '90, yeah, is that right? '99. No, I wasn't. I was 25. Yeah. No, I wasn't. I'm doing the math here, I was 24. God, that was bad uh, math. Yeah. I was not a freshman in high school. God, I wish I was, though. Yeah. But anyway, um, you know, here, here you are, and, and you're entering the world of e-commerce. And it, literally in 99, people are still like, you know, this internet thing, I'm not sure about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, that's like for real. Like, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah.
0: I mean, try telling, you know, people in high school now, you know, that story. Like, yeah, not everybody even knew what the internet was. Right. And uh, so it was a big, a big hurdle but ended up being a good decision. And, you know, things that we see in today's, you know, climate, you know, Amazon's provided shipping, you know, free shipping in two days and stuff like that, you know, back then just free shipping in general was kind of unheard of. And that was one thing that, uh,
1: much less like two day turnaround. I mean, that's when you would still like, I mean, this was on the, in the trailing vapors of like, three to four weeks. Right. I mean, crazy. Right. right? Cause you had to wait for the check to clear.
0: Right. And no phone numbers listed on the websites. I mean, you know, you usually weren't even in stock with most of the things that you probably had listed on your site. And, you know, first order that our company ever did online, we oversold it. And that was the day that uh, customer service became like a core value and a commitment. So we ended up losing money on the first order just to get it shipped out to the customer
1: in Hawaii. So. You know, it's funny. I that same thing happened. Uh my first e-commerce, true like real e-commerce experience in that regard. I talk about that in uh in Million Dollar Bedroom. And, you know, we had a ticket company and we had sold something online. Now we had to fulfill the order. And like we went through this whole dog and pony show and I did the math and it was like Man, I think I just lost money. Yeah. You know. Or like, I mean, at least I could make a really strong case for the fact that the amount of time and effort we put into it, I was like, oh wow. Sure. This might be a little harder than we think it is. Right. So e-commerce is a is a battlefield and it's it's a it's a it's a game and a war and a and a climate and a scene that has changed significantly since 99 yeah absolutely um, obviously there's a lot of different players there's a lot of different things i mean back in 99 like that's like when ebay was like coming right. out like yeah I'm like, and am like and that that was a big thing for a lot of people and um the idea that you would just buy whatever you want online was kind of digging its cleats in to go with what you guys are saying but Um, you know, the, I think one of the things that people think is like, okay, so I'm going to start an online store, I'm going to do e-commerce and I'll just build it and they'll come. Right. Is yeah. that
0: true? Uh, no, not, not quite like the Field of Dreams reference. No, um, but I'm loaded up with baseball stuff today. I'm ready. You know, you've been to our office. I yeah. feel like that's all, the only way we talk up there. So, yeah, I um, fit in well. Yeah, exactly. True. So no, you know, there's so many things that uh, that go into it, you know, getting people to your site, you know, through SEO and paid advertising, now social media advertising and things like that are all big. And, you know, just when I, when you think you've got one part of it figured out you know, now it changes. It changes. Yeah. And, um, if you have good infrastructure in place, like I think we do, you're able to roll with those changes a little bit quicker than some people, but you know, they haven't come without a
1: lot of challenges and stuff over the years. So, so you guys sell tens of millions of dollars worth of stuff.
0: Yeah. Correct? We sell, we sell a lot of baseball bats um, and gloves and we always get asked, why not more? Why don't you sell cleats and jerseys and stuff like that? And, you know, Uh, It's a a super valid question. And, you know, looking at the landscape now, I think it served us well staying focused because now we're kind of thought of as that, you know, product expert. If you have a question about a bat or a glove, you come to us. We hope you buy from us after you get the information. Um, But you definitely come to us if you're not quite sure. And we're not talking about a $10 purchase. There's $500 bats and, and $500 gloves. And, you know, you want to research it a little bit before you make that investment.
1: Well, the thing is, is you talk about, okay, why don't you sell cleats? And if you're going to sell cleats, why don't you sell pants? Why don't you sell basketballs? And, you know, all of a sudden, like you're, you're uh, uh, selling every sporting good known demand. Right. You can't stock that. Like, I mean, there's a lot. Like I, so I've been out to your place. Like, it's amazing just how much, how many bats you have. Yeah. And, and gloves. Yeah. And like, I mean, a lot. Yeah. Like I've never seen that. I will ne- probably never see that many bats ever anywhere. But there's something to be said about being laser sharp and being great at one thing, like as opposed to joining the masses of people that are at best good at a lot of things. Sure. And yeah, we've seen a
0: lot of the the competitors in the space that sell all of the baseball equipment and, you know, all sporting goods. And they're struggling in the Amazon era a little bit more because. If you're gonna do that, just get it from Amazon. Right. You know, if if you need information and you want to, you know, work with kind of a enthusiast category kind of company, that would be where we kind of step in. And um, we have former baseball players and softball players, you know, that are on the phones and doing live chat and things like and, that. And let's talk about that for a second because, yeah.
1: I, I, like I said, I, we're, what we're really trying to do is get people to kind of understand you know, you can have a simple e-store and make a couple sales and like maybe deal with fulfilling those orders. So I'll give, uh, the only thing I can give reference to is, is, um, is the books that I sell. Sure. So we used to sell tickets and we'd deliver those. And that was kind of, uh, I mean, that was a whole, a whole process of fulfillment that I didn't deal with, but I look at something like my books and I'd love to tell you that they, I sell like hundreds a day, but I don't. So if I'm, so you talk about Amazon, so Amazon is like my fulfillment center for that. It makes sense for me in that regard, because if I sell four books in a week, I got to stop what I'm doing. I got to package them up. I got to print a label. I got to do a whole lot of other stuff. So in some regards, that makes sense. But with that, you pay a pretty steep price. Right. And, and it's not necessarily something that most retail margins support sure yeah I mean
0: if you're starting an e-commerce business in today's climate good you, luck
1: yeah yeah it's tough you better and, have a niche and better, that's back to that like bats like if you're trying to say hey I'm gonna sell sporting goods online don't right there's yeah, a lot of, seriously don't
0: right I mean you know back when we started there wasn't a Shopify app or right. Magento or Big sure. Commerce that you could just go throw all your products on now it's pretty easy
1: To do that, and even take like a whole product catalog and upload it. Right, like one of the first software things I built was a a website that built itself based on basically on a spreadsheet. That's awesome to do. Well, for ticket events, You know, because they're always changing and coming out, and you couldn't keep up with all the pages. And and I look back at uh, ten years ago, like that was like really innovative. And now you would expect that, right, on anything and everything. It's something like you know sites like Shopify. um, They're good if you have a if you have a niche thing right and you they'll help you generate SEO friendly pages and you don't have to build a whole lot of stuff right, right. yep but you're out there with the masses right yep. so okay so 99 comes along and here's this internet thing and you guys are doing all right um what were uh, what are some of the changes and challenges that i mean ob- okay so we've mentioned Amazon and we don't have to like go down that road cuz Amazon's obviously like that the big kid. or The whale. Yeah. Um, and with that, um, they can create a current, um, and, and they, I mean, over 50, think about over 50% of e-commerce. Good Lord. Yeah. Um, so, you know, outside of the Amazon and the other stuff, what are some things that you can talk about for e-commerce people? And by the way, like we're sitting here going, be careful, don't do it. Like you got to do what you got to do, but you're way better off to try to be great at one thing and like just bats right right do you think if you guys were just trying to do all sporting goods like it would be you couldn't i mean yeah, maybe you could but yeah i don't a different thing yeah it'd be different i mean I, i've seen a lot
0: of our competitors try that and it not work when amazon kind of really you know came into the space so i do think it's benefited us you know up to this point and we'll kind of see what happens next but
1: now you can sell stuff through amazon still, yeah we yeah. do yeah. Yeah. yeah and i mean that's know, like a I become a pretty big part of what you do right? yeah
0: absolutely you know i mean th- It's kind of a tough decision, but there's so many eyeballs there. You got to be there, you know, and so they're one of our best partners, you know, and um, it's just one of those things where you got to kind of be able to navigate all the changes and stuff that are going on. And it's not just about the product you're selling, as you were kind of alluding to earlier. Do you want to fulfill it yourself? Do you want to let somebody else fulfill it? Do you want to do your own SEO and paid advertising? Or do you want to use an agency to do it? Um, Do you want to answer your own phones and live chat, all the customer service pieces? All those different things so you have to kind of really assess what part of that process you want to do yourself and what what part of those
1: you want to like outsource so to get to give some perspective to those listening when i was out at of your office we stopped by the the uh, support like the call in yeah and you guys literally have one of every product you sell there yep and like think about that now so like here's a room there's like all these bats all these gloves and and that was the first thing you pointed out. You said, so we have one of everything we sell here. So the, guy, so the guy or gal on the phone can literally walk across the room. Hang on. Let me get that and look. Yep. Yeah. We get a lot of customers that say,
0: hey, what's it feel like? Is it inloaded or is it balanced? You know, what's it like? Um,
1: is the handle fat? Right. Is it thin? You're like, I don't know. Like, right. I mean, and, and, but, but now think about that because you're back to that niche specialty and that's the value that they're going to get from you. Now at the same time, um, what's tough about e-commerce is I bet some of those people call and then they go buy it somewhere else. Absolutely, And you're like, God, yeah. And that's what I hated about tickets. And that's why we quit like doing anything retail facing because mm-hmm. people would call us. And then if they found it for a dollar cheaper on stuff, they just go buy it there. Right. I'm like, well, I'm glad I was here to, you know, and, and we would get the most ridiculous questions. They'd be like, how much closer is row B than row C? And you're like, I don't know, six feet? Right. <laughs> Four feet. I I mean, they're pretty similar. Right. You know, and like what do you say? I mean, right. it, but you know, people have these questions over and over. But in the end, <laughs> internet customers are are very unforgiving. Yeah. Um, some are loyal. And I know you guys see a lot of repeat business. We do. But so what so other than that support and that expertise, what are some other things that you've done along the way to continue to kind of build that repeat buyer? Yeah, good question. You know, I think we always have
0: the products in stock. So we're going to have a lot of things that maybe some of our competitors aren't going to have
1: just because we have really great relationships with our suppliers. Well, that's something that the Amazon era has changed too is that people have this expectation of getting it. Well, it was two days. Is it now one day and maybe even today? Yeah. I mean, that was one of the biggest things. Like I, I think I mentioned,
0: you know, free shipping back in 99 was unheard of. Well, now if you offer like free five day shipping, it's slow because yeah. Amazon can get it to you yeah. in two days. And so, again, you're adapting with, you know, all those changes. But you also, one of the biggest things I think e-commerce companies overlook is fulfillment. Yep. It's not cheap
1: to ship, you know. No, it's, and it's, it's not, expensive. And you have to pay the people to, to gather the packages and do that. And then on top of it, you got to keep track of your stuff. Yep that's Absolutely. the probably the hardest part, right? It's not hard. it's not as hard to print a label and stick it on a box and, and throw a bat or something in it, right? But now you get to keep track of it. And you know, and then on top of it, you talk about having things in stock that requires capital, it does, it just starts to add up. Yep, it does. Yeah. And I think, you know, with e commerce,
0: you're putting your product in partners hands a lot of the mm-hmm. time. So, you know, let's say you're outsourcing SEO, you're trusting a company that maybe doesn't know everything about what you
1: want and they're doing your SEO and then, and sometimes can take actions that might not in the end be the best for your position. Yeah. Like, you know, like there's a lot of things and, and I've been, uh, well, just to be on, I've been kicked in the nuts with the Google penalty before. And mm-hmm. Dude, you don't come back from those. You don't. I mean, you really don't. You do Like not. I tried so hard and like, if someone called me and said I got penalized by Google, I'd say start a new domain. Right. <laughs> like, Yeah. I mean that's like a criminal record that yeah. you carry around on Google.
0: Yeah, and they change the algorithms a and lot. stuff regularly and you got to gotta... really
1: stay up on that.
0: But, you know, let's say we're, you know, getting a lot of orders and stuff, we're packaging them up. UPS now comes to pick them up. We can't control it once that it leaves our yeah. our office. So you're entrusting UPS to be a really good partner, which they've been awesome for us, but that's another thing you have to think about, you know. At some point your product leaves your hands and goes into the hands of someone to take
1: it that final mile or so. And, and those uh, questions are tough to answer because someone's calling going where's my package you're like um right i'm here at pro athlete right. i don't work for ups right and or we, amazon i or think whoever. one thing that
0: we have done is we try to take ownership
1: of that yeah. you know so you guys actually fulfill your amazon orders from your yeah place yep. not necessarily you don't keep them at what is it fba, FBA. yep yeah.
0: so we've tried a little bit of everything and that's kind of where we landed but yeah. I mean, you know, we're just a retailer, so we'll get people calling and saying, Hey, this bat broke. It's like, well, you know, there's a one-year manufacturer's warranty on it and they don't want to hear you telling them to go to the manufacturer right. to replace it because yeah. they bought it from you. Yep. Rightfully so. So we try to take measures and stuff to always say, if you got it from us, we're going to take care of you. Yeah. And I think, Not having scripts and stuff for our, uh, we call them customer coaches, the support team, that's been a real differentiator for us because I I mean, I used to answer the phones for a while and every situation was different and no script was going to tell me how to handle this person's situation, you know? That's one
1: of the things that gets hard if you get big box is like, if you happen to call a place like Amazon, there's no way that whoever you're talking to knows anything about what you bought. Right. Right. Because think about how many products you'd have to know about. Right. I mean, it's just insane. so, yep. I mean, I think that's where, and like I said, if, with I think the future of e-commerce and quite honestly of most retail is in that niche specialty or like things that are local. Sure. So like looking back at, at when we started our ticket business, I, so I got, a, I worked in a musical instrument retail basically. And I worked for a manufacturer at some point. And I saw that coming like I could. So I worked for Roland and they make all kinds of, you know, musical equipment. Yeah. Well, the problem was, is those stores were getting crushed because 10, 15 years ago, people started buying stuff online. So then it was Guitar Center. So Guitar Center was kind of defeating everyone because they had their catalogs and all the stuff online. And, you know, you buy a guitar pedal. I mean, dude, it comes in a small box. It's very shippable. So when we started the ticket company, we, and it started gaining traction, people kept asking, they're like, well, are you going to open a retail store? No. Why? Because in five, in two, five, 10, however many years, you're never going to need, why would you need to come by that store? And as I talked to, you know, as we kind of evolved, the people that I, my peers, the other business owners in town that had retail stores would just like literally tell me, they're like, dude, I wish I was you. Yeah because I'm, I'm kind of stuck here, right? You know, I've got this building and I've got enough people that kind of want to come by. And then at the same time, like, dude, it's, it's not a necessary expense. Yeah. So where did you guys, as far as e-commerce, like, where do you guys draw the line about Like where some of that decision making process occurred over the years. Like you, I mean, you could send all your stuff to Amazon, yeah, and let them fulfill it, and then they want more
0: money, right? Yeah, we we used to let Kansas City uh, customers come up and get their products from us, and then we, you know, realized really quick we can get it to you tomorrow for free, yeah, you know. So and it didn't really work with the flow. We we had to go to the back, pull a bat out of inventory, adjust it. It just wasn't a good experience. So we kind of said, Hey, we're not really going to do in-store stuff anymore. Um, and now you're seeing this like experiential retail thing kind of come back. We're seeing like the the guys at swell spark doing those kind of, uh, cool experiences with ax
1: throwing and yeah. things like that. They're and, coming in to talk. Oh, are they yeah. nice? Yeah. yeah. yeah Matt's yeah. awesome. Um, I, you know, th- I think Matt's awesome too. Wait, are we talking about Matt? Oh, you yeah, yeah. all the Matt's. So There's a lot of them. Thought.
0: Um, but yeah, you know, they're doing some really cool things where now they're trying to provide a
1: cool experience for um the retail space. As and well. and that's my point, is yeah. like you have to be a neat you have to have well, either have something that doesn't ship well. Right. Like if you want to buy a massage chair. Yeah. I mean, I'm not buying that on Amazon, man. Yeah, like, I tough. wanna sit in it. Right. I mean, don't you? Right. So there's certain things like that that are still going to win. And my point with like the ticket stuff was I knew it was all going digital. Like it's there's it's all shippable. Right. Yeah. I'm actually not doing you any service by making you. I'm 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 it's a worse experience if I make you have to come down here.
0: Well, to your point there. So we find that bats are easier to sell online than our gloves because gloves you want to put your hand in. And that's that. always been a challenge, you know, so I think a lot more people come to our site for the information about gloves and mm-hmm. then might go to Dick's. So that's one of our big challenges. How do we get people to feel more comfortable buying a glove online? You know, the bat is not really a problem. Yeah.
1: Um, and so well, we about, about, I can, I, in many ways I can compare that to the musical equipment we sold. Like it's a very, like, you know, you know, you want it. Right. And you're going to, you're going to get a similar, like a very repeatable product gloves, I mean, in theory, they're supposed to all be this, like, but they're, they kind of might not be like, yeah. it's, a, I mean, it's a thing. You're going to wear it on your hand a lot. It has a lot to do with, you know, like I'm a big guy and like, if the glove didn't fit well, yeah. But did Johnny Cochran said the glove doesn't fit, right. you must have quit. like <laughs> or you must quit. Yeah. But I mean, it's a, it's a real thing and there are some things so that, you know, and that's back to, that's where certain types of, of retail may survive. And also that experiential is a great term for yeah. that. Um, if you can give someone a different experience or wisdom, right. And that's what you guys are offering. And we talked about that. Some is like just improving content. You guys actually have a lot of content, don't you? Don't we you? do. You create like get former players or coaches to like talk. Are they talk about the products or are they talking about other stuff.
0: Usually it's um, kind of a play on the culture and stuff. So, you know, you're buying from a cool company like as I was coming in here today, we released a video re-released it from like 2017 where we had George Brett. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's pine tar day or something and he's got like pine tar all over his gloves, but he's out in our warehouse like shipping and everything's sticking to his hands. Nice. It's just like a little thing you send out to remind people that like, Hey, we kind of know all these people and, um, we're kind of a cool company we hope. Yeah. And yeah, but we produce, you know, we have a ton of reviews. That's kind of one of the big things we've sold so many bats and gloves that, um, we got a ton of customer reviews. We produce a ton of a video with every product. Yeah. And then we have a, basically a full like media team in house with our own studio and everything like that, where we're able to shoot, you know, basically whatever we want, but we will get some players. Like, I know we've had like Albert Pujols and a number of different people who swing Marucci, which is a big bat brand. Um, you know, say, Hey, get your stuff at just bats. And things like that are pretty cool for customers to see like, oh, wow. So, you know, they endorse just bats. Maybe I, that, maybe I that think on that.
1: some level, a lot of people actually want, I mean, really want to support businesses like yours yeah. rather than just like, and I do think about that when I buy stuff. I'm like, you know, cause you got I mean, I don't want Amazon to own the world. At the same time I appreciate the options, right? For a lot of stuff, like sometimes it's just way easier for me to wait 2 days and get like a bolt. Yeah. Or something dumb like that I don't want to go down to Lowe's for, but on certain things too, you like want some input, some advice and some help. For sure. Okay, so um can you share an interesting story with us about something that you just clear that you guys clearly overlooked at some point? Like give me a good like funny failure story where You know, I I always, uh, when I help people model their business or write a business plan, I literally put a line item that says, oh, shit. Yeah. And people are like, what's this? This is a lot. I'm like, that's your oh, shit budget. And they're like, what is that? And I'm like, that means, oh, shit, I didn't didn't think about that or prepare for that. Yeah. But it's a real thing. And I think too many people that are preparing for businesses don't ever put that line on there. Sure. Not a good idea. You should always, there's always something. So do you have something in mind? Yeah. um,
0: So here i think you know there was we get a lot of funny stories and things when we talk about like the returns process because we're we're uh you know we allow basically anything to be sent back that's kind of how we can bridge that gap between buying in store and buying online and i we've seen a little bit of everything but um we'll talk about those a little bit later but i think the one thing that we thought would be really cool and didn't end up resonating was this bat trade-in uh concept Oh, like trade in your old bat? Yeah. Okay. And we were like, because the idea was, hey, let's just keep them coming back, you know, every year. And we didn't really anticipate how awkward it is to like ship a bat back for people. It's a good so, point. So like, it's not really like something most people have a box for. That's exactly right. So they're like, we, we would say, keep
1: your box. Who wants to keep a box for a year? Because, right. you know, they buy it every year. Yeah. I don't keep boxes for anything. I don't man. either. Like I'm terrible. I mean, because I, I, when in doubt, throw it out. Yep. For yep. sure.
0: And so we were like, man, this is such a cool thing. Why are people not doing it? So many people would take the first steps to like start uh, filling out the trade-in form or whatever. And then none of them would ever send them back. And we kind of researched and asked some questions and they're like, it it wasn't worth it. You know, like I have to go get a box and we would send a free shipping label and stuff like that. But we thought that was going to be a pretty big thing and it, it really didn't ever turn out. You almost into need to
1: ship them the box and then have them ship it back. Yeah. And that's like a different. Yeah. I, I mean, have you ever returned something where they literally ship you the box? Because yeah. I have. I yeah. mean, just like weird stuff, but that's the reason. Yeah.
0: And Amazon's doing some crazy stuff now where you don't even have to have a box or anything. Um, and they're actually pushing it. They highlight these options on returns over like packaging it yourself. You can take it to like a Kohl's. And drop it off with no package and no label, or you can take it to like a UPS store and you literally walk in, scan a barcode on your phone and hand them, say you wanted to return a shirt. It takes 10 seconds. Yeah. You know? It's pretty crazy. Some of the stuff they're doing. I mean,
1: that makes sense on some level. Cause you know, when you're buying things online, the whole idea of, of what if I got the wrong thing? Yeah. I mean, it's real. It's so anytime you're trying to sell something, you're, you're likely, whether you know it or not, you are overcoming the buyer's objections. Right. And they exist. They exist for all of us that are buying things. My objection: Can I afford it? Is this the right price? Is this the right product? Is it the right fit? Is it the right size? Blah 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 blah. Whatever it is, it's keeping you from having already bought it. Are your objections? But returns are a big thing. So when we go back to the whole subject of e-commerce and like where you're at with it, you got to be ready to deal with that. You do. And some people are going to return some stuff too, and you're going to be like, mm. Yeah. So then you got to pick and choose battles, right? Because I mean, it's it's like that. I can only imagine over the years some of the things that people have returned.
0: Oh my gosh! I remember, we we have a, a returns wall of fame. Basically, yes. I have two really favorite stories. One, there's a glove that we we have a hundred day love your glove guarantee. So you can do whatever you want to your glove um, for a hundred days. You can drive over with a car, do whatever you want. So you kind of
1: have to to break some of them in anyway.
0: You do, yeah. And so this uh, awesome customer uh, decided to put it in the microwave and, you know, valid option there, I guess. Well, they sent it it back and it didn't turn out to be, but, um, came back and it was just all melted. So you saw all the like (laughs) spots where it had caught fire. Um, and of course we took it back and had a good laugh with the customer and sent them a new one. But, um, you know, there was that one. So and do you then,
1: guys eat the cost on that or do you get some deals with manufacturers?
0: Yeah, it kind of varies. Yeah. So, and we're looking at, um, you know, some ways to maybe repurpose some of the bats or gloves, you know, you know, maybe using the glove leather for other type of goods or something like that. So we're kind of brainstorming that all the time. But my favorite story is his dad bought a bat for his kid. It was like a yellow barreled bat. This was, gosh, six, seven years ago. And The kid was upset because he wanted a bat that had like a wood grain look. There was this bat that had come out that was metal, but it had a wood grain look. So Mm -hmm. they were trying to, everyone at that time wanted kids to feel like they were swinging wood bats, but still have the power of like a metal or composite bat. And so the dad, you know, trying to be good dad took a black marker and tried to like mark on like a wood grain pattern of this yellow bat he showed the the kid like hey this is awesome and the kid is just like this is horrible you ruined my life like that whole deal he wrote a handwritten note to us and said I really messed up the dad did. The dad did and it was so awesome we sent him a brand new
1: bat and said thank you so much for the story we're going to use this in that case like I'd be happy to do the return it isn't? was awesome like, I'll, all right so we're sharing like weird returns yeah so we had, um, back in the ticket company, um, we had a guy, all right. So people will call us a lot and like that, that business, we did a lot. We, we were basically, uh, did a lot of de- deals with teams and venues okay, to just try to help them sell VIP stuff. I mean, there's tickets to anything and everything that aren't on your online map. And then 10 years ago, they really weren't sophisticated in that regard. So venues have, have, manifested inventory and they have unmanifested inventory, unmanifested inventory are the things that you don't see on the seating map. And in any contract writer deal, like the venue will say we reserve the right to sell X amount of unmanifested inventory, which means we're keeping all the money. This Mm -hmm. is our stuff. It's usually the VIP. So sometimes we would have, you know, you get, you get these people that, that realize that's how they have to get, that's how they get in the VIP. It's how they get (coughs) whatever, excuse me. Um, so we had a guy call and, um, you know, he wanted, it was a country show. I can't remember what it was, but, um, you know, and he wanted VIP tickets and he literally requested a specific section. Everything. We're like, yes, we happen to have those, whatever. Send him the tickets. The next day he called irate demanding a refund because he had to actually stand up at a concert. (laughs) Yeah. He was upset that he wasn't able to sit down the whole entire time Oh wow! and wanted his money back. And we were like, dude, really? Like, I mean, you went to a show that had 18,000 people at it and you were expecting to sit down the whole, and here's the thing. It's not like he bought a front row, front row ticket. It was like that kind of like upper section of the pavilion. Like, I mean, you're clearly going to have people in front of you, dude. Right. So you talk about the returns and you're just like, my God, like, and then you also get things that are out of of your control. So sometimes, you know, like people will call and they would say, I got to the venue and there wasn't a seat there. I'm like, what? Uh -uh. They're like, yeah, they literally like that happened. And, you you know, someone's wanting their money back. Like, do you have a picture? Do you have anything? They're like, no, we got there and there was no seat. And you're like, "Hmm, I'm having a hard time buying that or just different things like, you know, sometimes too, uh, you know, people, they don't estimate how long it'll take to get in. To get it, yeah. So they're like, yeah, we had to wait in line for an hour. And I'm like, how does, what does that have to do with me? Right. You know, or wow. us. And like, why is that my fault? And right. You know, so you get weird stuff. Yeah, and, for you know, sure. And you just talk about the returns, but, but really in the end, you're going to draw more flies with honey. Sure. And, you know, like I, we had a couple of people like, well, there was one time like I mean, it was it kind of, you know, that kind of parent, they're like, Hey, I'm, I really messed this up. And, you know, and we didn't give them a refund, but we were able to like do some different stuff because yeah. people would sometimes buy these VIP tickets, which just meant a section mm-hmm. in the venue. And they thought they'd like, you know, like you're going to meet Taylor Swift yeah. or something. They're you're going like, to you sing a song with them. <laughs> yeah. You're going to go, you get to perform, Yeah, you get to perform with the band people. Yeah. So yeah, some interesting things there. Okay. So yeah. I want to kind of like, as we go through this, so Some of the things we talked about is if you're going to start an e commerce business or you're going to evolve your business, you're obviously, you can partner with and compete with Amazon at the same time. Sure. Which is, you got to know that. Yeah. If you, you 100% have to know and realize that coming in. And you said it earlier, because if you're not on Amazon, you lose a lot of eyeballs. You do. And some of it too is people might even just go there and that's might that might be the first part of their discovery. Absolutely. They might find you on Amazon and then end up coming to wherever you're going and buying. But if you're not there, forget about it. Think of it like, you know, Google,
0: a lot of people are starting their searches on Amazon now and not on Google or Amazon
1: is actually, so I, um, I consider Amazon to be a search engine. Yeah, That's all it is. Yeah. And it's actually a better search engine when it comes to selling stuff because people are actually there with the intent to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, on Google, people are kicking tires a lot. Yeah. A lot. Like your click-through rate at, compared to selling from some stuff on Google, it can be significantly lower. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so Amazon is like one of the most, I mean, it's, it's up there. It's like a top three search engine. Definitely. Kind of thing. Definitely.
0: Um, yeah. Google, YouTube, Amazon, those <coughs> are all places. If you're looking for information or products, you probably go and, you know, Google's even started trying to combat, um, Amazon and, uh, Walmart as well. They're, they've got marketplaces that re- they're really trying to, you know, make, Somewhat close to Amazon. It's Clash of the
1: Titans. It like is. That, man. Yeah. And so and, and and that brings up a great point. So if you are an old school startup hustle listener and you get back to like episode twelve, I think it is Lyrill Holt, who is the founder of Carstar. Oh, cool. Okay. And Lyle, we we refer to Lyle as Yoda because he the guy is just like it's like a trip to the Oracle or something. Wow. You leave and he's you're like, there is there really is no spoon. You know, but so but talking to him and he'll say, Don't be afraid to be a coward. And at first that, that does not sound glorious No. Okay. But with that, if he, if you continue talking to him, he'll say there, you don't try to be brave where you don't, where you don't need to be. Being a coward means going and doing something that no one else is doing in a place where they will all leave you alone to get really good at it. So the being overly brave is trying to take on Google, Amazon, yeah. some of these other things because look, good luck. You're right they're going to crush you underfoot. They don't even know you exist. They're in the business. uh, They are like literally steamrolling you. And they don't even, I mean, you're okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you were just, and and that's the thing so you can't compete in some regards. You have to figure out how to work within that context. And if you can't and you can't figure out how to make your future business model or the products you're selling work in that regard, you're in trouble. Yeah. Like you have to give some, some, some credence to that. and if you're an existing e-commerce business that is not beginning to change and plan your evolution accordingly, well, the writing might be on the wall. Sure. And that's some things that like you guys have, have made some changes and, and that regard. And you're just, I think that, um, and I think, you know, I think we can talk about this some is like, you're all, you guys are also like, just, I mean, theoretically saying what, you know, what else can we do as well yeah. to capitalize on, the goodwill, the customer base, the facilities, the work culture, you guys really do have an amazing workplace. I mean, it's like, it's award winning. Yeah. I mean, it really has. No, I mean, you've really like won multiple awards for the best workplace. And so, you know, if with your e-commerce business, if you're trying to take your business and evolve it or change it or whatever, you might have a whole lot of assets and things that you can lean on. And that's something you guys have explored some, isn't it?
0: We have, yeah. And I think, you know, we kind of call it, we've got a good foundation, you know, is what we kind of keep saying. And
1: You have all the pieces, like you have all, it's like uh, having a set of Legos, but not necessarily you're like, okay, we've got all these Legos. What can we build? Right. Yeah. You know, like, what can we build with it? We know we could do some of these things and it's, and what are our strengths? Right. So like you guys, for example, and like, um, I assume that you have a significant, client list. Yeah. It's pretty big. Yeah. And, and so that right there, like you think about where, what you could do with that. Right. So like you could partner with other people, you can do other things. And, and that's another thing too, with, with your business evolving, like, dude, it's not 1999. And I've seen, so I saw this happen in the music industry. It was so heartbreaking because you talk to these people and they're like the nicest people in the world. and And all they're doing is sitting there saying, well, if, if things were just like they used to be, yeah. I don't make promises except for one things will always change. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's, it's changed so much in just my 10 years. So I came on in 2009 and it's way different. I can't imagine being there in 99 and seeing it or in 87, you know, and um, I think that decision in 99 to go from brick and mortar to online, you know, we're approaching those times with what Amazon's done to, you know, needing another decision of that magnitude at some point, you know, where, a lot of this is going to change. I remember, like, however many years ago, I was learning about social uh, media advertising, like Facebook ads. We've had our head down in the sand just doing Google ads for yep. so long. It's like, whoa, what's this new thing? And we were behind. What's you know? the
1: Facebook?
0: Yeah, it's like, what is this thing? And um, so we've adapted since. But and that's changed a lot, too, because, like, it's
1: different now. I mean, you look at things like Instagram and, like... Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I try to keep up. I'm like an old man. Yeah. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. What is this Snapchat?
0: Right. Yeah. It's tough to to adapt to all those things. But yeah, we have looked at other ways to leverage the foundation that we've got in place. And, you know, we don't have any answers really as of today where we're going to go. But I think on your point about, you know, all that infrastructure being in place, it's a lot easier to plug something into that machine than to start it from scratch. Right. You know, we kind of de-risk a little bit. We've got an ERP system and I remember how awful it was to plug that thing in. Um, And that really helped us manage our inventory and finances and stuff all together because it was kind of in different systems before that ERP. I cannot imagine trying to, you know, start a business and then somehow eventually try to integrate that in again. We now would just add it on as a new brand, plug it in. We've already got, you know, finances, we've already got, um, you know, accounting, we've got shipping, whatever those things are, we've already got in
1: place. You talk about all that stuff, and that's not easy to build. It's not. And it that takes a long time. Like, and, you know, and that's one of the things, you know, so with Full Scale, the business Watson and I own together, we, we balloon up to 180 employees in a, in awesome. a year. I know, but it, it's awesome. But at the same time, like, we've literally, like, I mean, I'd like to say tap the brakes. It pulled the e brake, right? We did that a year ago. At one point, I was, we were like, "Whoa, let's okay, let's let's stop." We need to like really wrap our arms around some things, or we're going to end up with a four hundred person company that's going to turn into Lord of the Flies, yeah. And that can happen. That's like a real thing. And like you talk about loss prevention and yeah. just different things, and and I've seen too many things that had a lot of a lot of hope and promise implode because they weren't thinking about that infrastructure.
0: It happened to us. I mean, in 2012, there was a rule change in baseball where basically every kid in America needed a new bat because they changed some regulations. It was great for us, but, um, it also caused a lot of issues. So back in that time, we just threw bodies at it and we had 118 employees in 2012. And I just remember walking around thinking, what is everybody doing? It seems like we've got a lot of you know people. extra people that, and we started digging in and, you know, basically long story short over the course of the next year and a half, we whittled it down to about 60 um, because it was just bad management on our behalf, trying to throw people at a rule change problem that only was going to last a, a little over a year yeah. and you blink and you're, you know, Got all these people that aren't really
1: busy. And- so did that spike sales, but then that wasn't sustainable, right? It did. So it was a one year kind. And that, of That's another thing too that's it's tough to plan for because, you well, first off, you can't control that change. We couldn't, and then you know, so you got to deal with it. But at the same time, like those those spikes are weird, and that was that's been a challenge for us at full scale as well. Is like, you know, because let's be realistic, not all clients and customers are great. Sure. Some of them you don't. I mean, yeah, you got to be kind of be careful yeah. in some regards. But um, also, so workplace culture is something that we're big on, um, and we went it. So here we are trying to establish that from eight thousand miles away. Yeah, yeah. In Ooh. a foreign country, in a in a in a city, and uh, in a country where I mean, realistically, not that hasn't been the focal point. Of, of the workplace dynamic sure. over the last 30 years. And it's, and we, we intentionally, we said, look, you know what, we're going to raise the bar. We're going to make what we do. We're going to make our place the like a marquee place to work. Like we want people, we want the word around town to be like, man, I really want to get my shit together so I can go work at full scale. That's awesome. And, and but that. you guys are the same way though. Yeah. Like, I mean, and so you guys, and let's, we didn't, you, okay, you guys have a full basketball court. I can go swimming. Go swimming, yeah. I can, uh, rock a batting cage. You guys literally have like a, a like a bar. Yeah, like I mean, like I mean, like if I walked into like a a bar for, or a bar and restaurant, like a bar and grill, and I walked into your place, I'd be like, dude, this place is cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you are like ready. Like, I mean, it really is. Yeah. And I, I was shocked with that. By the way, I was just like, whoa. And then you guys also have, like, some cool just, like, stuff. Like, I have a picture of myself wearing a Rawlings gold glove. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was cool. Yeah. I sent that all to all the guys that I played baseball with. and I was like, Because I am not the great – I am not a gold glove fielder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so
0: just to have a good relationship with Rawlings, we sell their products, yeah. and uh, they sent us a replica. And I yeah. always tell people when we're giving the tour, just like I told you, you think it's like this big heavy metal – thing and it's actually just like a actual glove that you can put on your hand and it's but gold. it's legit
1: and, and it's cool and so here's the thing is is if you so if you're into baseball and so many people are mm-hmm. it's a cool place to work. Yeah. Because you're around the things that you like. That's why I stuck in the music industry for so long because I'm passionate about music. I am a shitty musician. Yeah. I am not a good musician. I mean I have a book coming out by the time this comes out it'll actually be out so go buy it on Amazon but it's about the music industry. I'm just passionate about it and it makes it easy to be around things if you're, if you're, you know, and so you need your employees, especially your core people and you know, employees come and go. They do. They, some do, but you have to have a, a, a core unit and that culture, if you, if it sucks to work at your business, you're not, you're going to just shut it down yeah because it's gonna come back it and, and come back at you in ways that you don't even get or understand until you start counting later as well because like employees get spiteful yeah they do yeah you, you know what one thing we forgot to do oh oh I'm gonna invent we were gonna play mixtape I'm gonna invent a mixtape okay so if you, go, if you go to mix mixtape the game.com so normally I, I I, and you're not supposed to play this with two people because okay. we'll have a stalemate with the vote, but we'll just go with our votes. And so I would normally name a scenario, like it would be like the song that plays while you ride a unicorn over a rainbow. And then we pick a song and we'd, and we'd, we'd vote. However, I, think that what we need to do is we need to instead say what our walk-up song would be oh yeah so
0: we get to do that every year we have a company baseball game here in town i
1: have a whole bunch that are inappropriate yeah (laughs) and then i and then i go and then i go out of the box because i think if you're going to have a walk-up song it needs to either be something that's like super hilarious like the dude that uses baby shark yeah it's hilarious and also that's cruel because that thing gets that gets stuck in your head that was mine last year for my daughter yeah that was what i played last year in our company game so i'm going with the theme to the theme song to three's company oh that's good i like that yeah just come and knock on our door (laughs) we'll be waiting for you and you know like obviously that is like Probably a terrible walk-up song, but at the same time, I feel like people would talk about it. Oh yeah, I mean, They'd be like, wait a minute, what? Yeah, but the, the, the course's walk-up. What is that? I've heard that before.
0: The first game we ever did, my walk-up song um, was "Danger Zone." from top the top yeah. gun and yeah. now it seems good because that trailer's out but mm. i really like that one for my first year is that so. what you're going with i don't know yeah let's go with
1: that going with yeah, zone. let's go with danger zone so if you want to if you want to vote on who's the who's the winner of this version of mixtape uh make some comments on 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 instagram are you guys on instagram you have to be yeah, just bats or something um, different. Just bats and pro
0: athlete, both of them. <laughs> so um, go to both. Yeah, go to both. Check it out. Um, check out our website, proathleteinc.com, if you want to learn a little bit about what it's like to work at Pro yeah. Athlete.
1: We yeah. have a. And we'll put some links to that, and you know, for those of you listening, uh, you know, this is on YouTube as well. So there'll be extra links to that. We'll put links to all your stuff. Nice. So that'll be like twenty five lines.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We uh, we have a fan club page where people sign up to kind of stay connected with us. And mostly people sign up because they want to know when the next job opening is coming. Mm-hmm. And so we have, you know, a pretty big list of people kind of waiting for the next potential opening at our company. So feel free to sign up there. It's uh, our website, proathletic.com, and then the fan club page.
1: Yeah, I love what you guys do. I want to thank you for coming in. Um, your office is not that close to here. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I do appreciate you coming in. I mean, it's not often that um, we get people in here that, have that history and you guys doing something different and manage to survive yeah, and, and do a whole lot of stuff. And you know, any, any tips you want to give anyone on the way out, you know, other than to keep on keeping on. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's kind of the easy one, but I, I think be ready to pivot and adapt if you're going to yeah. go, I mean, it's probably works for any business, but I, I know from experience in the e-commerce space it, Every day it seems like something's changing. And yeah. Don't be afraid. Have to, a level
1: of agility. Yeah,
0: be, you know, embrace it. Flexibility and agility. Yeah. Yeah. And Like you, you talked about, well, that's the way we've always done it. That you know, sends so many companies out of business, that mindset. And just you can't have people that think that way. You've yeah. got to be able to adapt and embrace the new stuff or you're going to be a dinosaur.
1: You guys heard it first from Andrew Dallas, CEO of Pro Athlete. Go to JustBats.com. Go to proathleteinc.com, find them on Instagram, some other places. Go check it out. There's, there's, I'm going to post a lot of pictures actually on Instagram just so I can show your guys' workplace because I took about 10,000 pictures. Yes, you did. That was fun. I was like, man. And and it's funny, I came back here just because I like to freak people out. I was like, I'm going to need a huge budget for our new office. Exactly. And they're looking at me like, really? (laughs) I'm like, well, maybe. Did you hit in the cage? I can't remember. No, no. Maybe no. maybe next time. No, no, I did, uh, I, and we've shared the experience. We did get to go do batting practice on the field at Royal Stadium. That's and awesome. You've done that, yeah, you? yeah. It's like really, like actually. And by the way, it's funny because you talk about just bats, you realize how little pop you have in your own bat. It's unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. I thought I crushed one, and it was just like I mean, it was just like at best a lazy fly ball to shallow like left field. Yeah, I, I was like boom. Oh my god! Like, how do you guys do this? Yeah,
0: I noticed how weakly I hit balls. Like, you know, you think you hit a nice line drive in the gap, and it like stops rolling before it even gets, it gets like, to the, the left. It's like what? Or something. You're like, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely uh, uh, the struggles real. Yeah, it for is. guys like me, I don't know if I ever had that kind of power. And then you go watch, you know, we go down and have batting practice, field passes, and you watch Jorge Soler and and, and Alex Gordon just like just like painting the base of the center field scoreboard. Like like it's not even a problem. like, dude, really? It's unbelievable. I'm not that much older than you, Alex (laughs) Gordon. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi
0: and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.